0: Hey, happiness is a choice, In the immortal words of uh, Judy Brown: "Happiness is a choice." We're happy you're spending some time with us, Chip and Zay. At a, at a different time, you've already spent some time with Zay um, from uh, from two thirty. I'm I'm happy to be joining the party. I just literally uh, left Jalen Ford talking about this uh, this historic win at Alabama, Zay. Yeah. And, uh, we're going to see if these, if these players can handle success. That seems to be the big question. Whenever the Texas Longhorns, who are always hailed as uh, one of college football's superpowers, even though they haven't played like a superpower in the last decade, but they did Saturday night, baby. They did in Tuscaloosa. Unbelievable atmosphere. Uh, the fans at Alabama, you cannot... You cannot imagine what life is like for those folks. And their game day atmosphere is unbelievable. And Texas fans are going to get to see some of what that atmosphere is all about this Saturday. It's a night game against Wyoming. And Christel Conte has tweeted out pictures of the LED light show, the Burn orange light show that's going to go on here because Alabama's game day atmosphere, Zay, is on point. It's like a concert every time out and the fans sing along. They're doing their flashlights on their phones to the songs, but they're not just holding them up. They're like turning them on, turning them off. They got DJs doing stuff. It's, it was a great atmosphere. No, no way around it. And Texas held up, man. They didn't make the big penalties. They didn't make the big mistakes in this game. Alabama 10, 10, Penalties after fifteen penalties against Texas the year before. Zay, are the Longhorns wow. that intimidating?
1: <laughs> I don't know, but like I was telling BK before you jumped on, I wouldn't want to be at practice today if I was playing for the Crimson Tide because you know that guy that we call the goat of college football when it comes to coaching. He is very surly when his team loses because it doesn't happen very often. And he expects a t- certain type of standard and the 10 penalties that they had, all those self-inflicting wounds, as Steve Sarkeesian would say, like that, that killed them and shout out for te- to, to Texas for capitalizing on all of those, you know, penalties and turnovers. You talk about the pageantry that was going on at Brian Downey stadium. That's what intimidates teams coming in that's why their record is so good at home for Mm -hmm. alabama because all that goes on when you see the gold on the other side on the sideline when you see that iconic jersey and the numbers on the helmet and stuff like you know what it comes with you know they got top tier talent they've been developed they've been coached the right way they usually don't beat themselves and playing them Away, home, neutral, it's going to be a dogfight, even more so at home. And this Texas team, they were composed, they were calm, they were confident, they were cocky. The swagger is on a million ship, which kind of scares me. I know we're going to talk about it all week. You just said you talked to Jalen Ford, and he talked about just like keeping everything even, kill it sounds like, and going from week to week, even though this was a big win. It's still week to week, and now you got a huge bullseye on your back. Now everybody's like, "Oh, you're number four in the nation." Okay, this Texas team—they might be for real. So you already, the University of Texas, you know, you're already given getting, getting everybody's best shot. You know, you're this is the last year in the Big Twelve, so you're really gonna get everybody's best shot, especially the teams that probably aren't gonna play you for a very long time, and now they have a chance to upset you because you're ranked so high of being number four and you have college football playoff aspirations. It's going to be really interesting how Sark and his coaching staff handles everybody's egos from week to week, starting with Wyoming
0: this Saturday. Okay. Well, here's, here's why. Um, And I asked just about every player who came through today, whether it was Jade Barron, Xavier Worthy, Quinn Ewers, uh, Christian Jones, Ethan Burke, what makes you think that this team can handle um, the prosperity can, cannot get complacent, cannot still be uh, getting all, um, you know, goose pimply over the win at Alabama, not, you know, not listening to the, to their, their girlfriends telling them how great they are to quote Mike Leach and, And each one of them said, "Our leadership, our leadership." Uh, Jada Barron said he just got done watching the Kobe Bryant uh, video about how the job's not finished, and the leadership at uh, um, the leadership of this football team. You know they they talked to at practice Monday. And Jalen Ford sent out a tweet about, don't, don't take the rat poison. <laughs> and, and so look, we've been saying it over and over again. And we, we saw this team. We heard this team leading up to the season. We saw Quinn Ewers go, you know, the slimmed down mulletless. John Wick spewing Quinn Ewers but we had to see if he could if he was really a changed quarterback and and we saw it uh, Saturday night there's a lot if you're a Texas fan there's a lot to be excited about because you saw Quinn Ewers deliver on the biggest stage and answer when Alabama cut the lead to or, or took the lead 16-13 and then Texas answered and then Alabama cut it to 27-24 with 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter and you're like okay this the roof is coming off of Bryant Denny the fans are sensing what they've always sensed at Bryant Denny that Alabama's going to come back and win the game and whoop 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 Texas goes right down the field and it's a deep ball touchdown to to AD Mitchell and and You know, Jaron Thompson's picking off Jalen Milrow and setting up Jonathan Brooks for a touchdown and Texas scores 21 points in the fourth quarter. And fans are streaming out of the stadium in that final five minutes. And, you know, Jalen Ford talked about that just a few minutes ago. He said the best part of Saturday was hearing all the boos when we came on the field and seeing those fans leaving up the aisle as we're running out the clock after we got them to jump off sides. And we got to give a big shout-out to Hayden Connor, the offensive lineman for Texas, who apparently just, like, flexed his hand in his pass set, and it caused the defensive lineman across from him to jump and Jake Major snapped the ball and they caught him and it and that was it. So um it it uh apparently, you know, we asked Hayden about it and he's like, Yeah, I'm not really gonna talk about that.
1: Yeah, keep it close to the chest. Hayden, hey, I
0: feel that. Yeah, man. Don't let so, him alone. So I mean, the little things like that that Texas was so dialed in, and Zay, we know, look when you're going to be on the biggest stage, you're, you're going to be dialed in, you're going to be focused, but they, they did it. They were in on the details. Alabama wasn't, they were the ones making the mistakes. They're the ones with 10 penalties. And in that atmosphere, that said a lot. And there was a lot of video of Quinn yours running around on the field after the game saying it's time, it's time. And Um, some of the guys were asked about, you know, what does that mean? It's time, it's time. And Jalen Ford said, it's time for us to do what we, you know, know that we're capable of doing. And, and, and he said, and that starts with Wyoming. So I think the leaders on this team know that what they just did was a step and, They said, you know, Jody Barron, who does not lack for confidence, said, (laughs) he said, listen, I told y'all last week, we treat every game like a championship game. And y'all were laughing at me. And he said, I'm telling you this week, we're treating every game like a championship game. When we play Wyoming, it's a championship game. And, you know, his implied message is if we want to win a championship, we got to win them all. And. And so I, I get the feeling that this team has a different edge to it, and maybe they did fill up their confidence tank and not their ego tank with that win on Saturday. And there's a huge difference between the two. And you know what I'm saying, Zay. I do, yeah. If you fill up your ego tank, man, then it's going to be about you. It's going to be about your selfishness, the glory you you are getting, not the accomplishment that you just were part of as a team. And, and there's been enough heartbreak. I mean, Christian Jones talked about it. He said, it's about damn time we won a game like this. I I was on the field when LSU converted third and 17. I was on the field last year when Alabama, you know, ripped our hearts out on that field last second field goal to beat us. It's about damn time we won a game like this. And and that's that's where this this group is coming from. We'll see. Uh, every week is a new adventure in the college football season. I mean, look at some of the ways that teams lost this this past week. Baylor, come on, Baylor. Baylor they had the game won. Yeah, and they turned it over twice in the final one fifty five, and Utah wins it. Texas Tech. Driving, they just need a field goal. And Tyler Shuck gets hit, and it's a pick six, and they lose by, you know, eight. And you're like, wow, you know? And Rice beats Houston. That Rice game looks a little different now, huh, Chip? Rice game looks a little different. Houston (laughs) beat UTSA. I mean, look, if you can just put the blinders on, And stay tight, keep your circle tight right about now. Then you know what? That was, that was, they're only out of state, Zay, twice this whole season. And that was one of them. The other one is Iowa State in November. Otherwise, it's all trips within the state of Texas Baylor, Fort Worth, Dallas for OU. I mean, it sets up the national championship games in Houston. I don't want to get ahead of myself here, Zay. But I mean, sometimes, and Vince Young said it, Saturday night on the sideline in Tuscaloosa, he said he said this reminds me so much of going to Ohio State. He said, "We found our identity in that win over Ohio State, and then we were able to build on that identity." the rest of the season and guys were asked, you know, do you, you feel like you um, found your identity in the win over Alabama? And, and they said, our identity is playing fast, tough, physical football. So we'll see if they can, can keep building. Cause the sign of a well-coached team's a week to week improvement.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny that, You could tell the difference in a quarterback like Vince saying how, yeah, this reminded me of 05 when we went to the horseshoe And then when we had Griff on on Friday, and Griff was like, "Uh, I don't think this Bama game reminds me of that. We knew we were number two, and if we win all the games, then we would be in the national championship. (laughs) That just shows the difference between defense and quarterback on offense. And there might be some guys like that, Chip. There might be you know guys thinking like, man, yeah, this is an iconic win that's going to take us off. And then there's other guys that are like, we knew this was going to happen. We expected this. We all the hard work we put in, what Sark's brought to the program, the recruits, the transfers, like the mentality, everything is finally coming together. And yeah, I saw that swagger. I saw that, you know cockiness that you need the positive cockiness because sometimes cockiness could be negative where you're over your skis and stuff like the smoking cigars in the locker room ad mitchell was doing the electric slide when they were playing one of those country ad songs in the stadium i don't know what they're playing but I, there's video of him that i tweeted uh, right. You know, a few hours ago, and he's dancing and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, this is a big time game. Like a lot of people would be nervous. And you didn't see that really from anybody from freshman Anthony Hill, who was an absolute animal on Saturday. Quinn yours. Sark again. Anani Mitchell, everybody, Xavier Wordy. Yeah, there were a couple of mistakes, a couple of drops and stuff. Burt Auburn smokes the kick. But usually in past Texas games, past Texas teams, they would have folded. That would have been Jermaine Burton going deep on Jaron Thompson, it going 15 to 13 at that point. Like that was a scary moment, man. You're not getting fourth downs. Like, that was a scary moment. And then Ewers they come back down, hitting JT Sanders, attacking that middle of the field. JT Sanders and Jordan Winnington, they were huge. And, yeah, like, this team, there's, there's something different about them. Like, I, I think they, after winning this game, they're like, okay, we can play with anybody and beat anybody in the country. And that's the confidence that you have to have if you want to not only win the Big 12, but do some serious damage in the college football playoff after the New Year's Day. So I'm, I'm very pleased with what we saw. Steve Sarkeesian, like he brought this big boy draws <laughs> in Tuscaloosa. Like that's, that's the Sark that we've all been waiting for. Like, that's, that's the Sark, just the play calling, everybody being open, you know, looking like how it did when he was the coordinator for Alabama. We've been waiting for that ship, hitting the deep shot. We've been waiting for that. And it kind of came at a better time when you play against the former number three team in the nation in Alabama.
0: Yeah, and and, you know, Quinn Ewers putting air underneath his deep ball So that his receivers could track it and go get it and, and having the, the poise and, and the, the cojones to hit those shots and go right down the field after Alabama had, you know, cut that lead to 27, 24 and had just converted third and 17 to do it. And then hit, um, you know, uh, uh, Nye Black for the the catch and run touchdown where he runs through three Texas defenders. And you're sitting there going, Oh, wow. That, uh,
1: yeah.
0: that, that, that's not good. And, and then for Texas to answer the way they did, you're, you're just like, wow. Okay. This is different. This is different. This is not two years ago when, Texas would get ahead by double digits in the third quarter. And then it, it looked like they didn't, you know, they, they'd stopped practicing or they forgot everything they learned in practice. They just tightened up and this team didn't do it. And that's where I'm going to be fascinated because there's more adversity coming. It's coming. We don't know if it's Saturday against Wyoming because that's a veteran defense, a veteran team with a, gutsy ass quarterback who takes hit after hit after hit and keeps getting up. And, and, and that adversity is coming, but now they can look at each other and say, we got this, we got this because they can fall back on what they did at Alabama and they know they've done it. You know, there's one thing we talk about it all the time. Just because you haven't done it doesn't mean you can't do it. And now they have done it. Signature win, check. Steve Sarkeesian, Quinn Ewers, signature win, check. And and they've hit big plays. After opening the season 0 for 7 on passes 20 yards or longer, they went 3 for 6 on those passes in this game. and And two of them were touchdowns. And the others, well... A couple, JT Sanders was a catch and run machine. Yeah. And, you know, Worthy hits the big 44 yard touchdown catch in the first half. They start to shade coverage toward him. That opens up AD Mitchell. AD Mitchell scores with a couple of deep ball touchdowns. That opens up JT Sanders. And JT Sanders is, you know, catching for 32, catching for 18, catching for 50 to set up. Um, to set up uh, um, uh, Ad Mitchell's nine-yard touchdown catch, and um, it just—you're right, Zay. It looked like we've been told that Steve Sarkeesian's telling people privately that it was starting to look, and that's that's what uh, that's what this team, these players. I thought it was really interesting that Steve Sarkeesian said we told the players we're going to be aggressive. We're not gonna throw punches. We're gonna throw haymakers. And you gotta trust us. And you gotta, you gotta go, you gotta get on board with the plan. He said he told them this early in the week so they could get their heads around it. And and the players talked about it. That they, you know, they said Sark told us to trust him that we were gonna be aggressive and we're, you know, to get on board. And so that trust takes another step. That belief takes another step. And you've got a talented team. You've got a culture that you, you feel good about talent plus culture. A lot of times leads to championships. So we'll see. I mean, it's early. They got a lot of, a lot of work to do, a lot of adversity to overcome, but man, this certainly gives you the belief. I, I was listening to my man, uh, Gabe Eichard, the former Oklahoma offensive lineman. He, he does a podcast with Teddy Lehman and they, you know, OU was winning championships and big 12 championships. And they did nine minutes of, Oh bleep, Texas looks like they can win the national championship. And for those guys to say it cuz they're the biggest doubters of Texas. I mean, they're they're the ones that are like, man, Texas they're they're like Charlie Brown with Lucy, man. <laughs> you know, right right when you think it's all going on, Lucy pulls the football and Charlie Brown does a upside down, you know, backflip. This for those two dudes to say, "Uh-oh. Texas looks like they got it going." That 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 gets my attention.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I get it. I get it. You know, you just talk about Sark and the adjustments that he made throughout the game, and you talk about trust, like, you haven't seen that consistently throughout these last or first two years in Sarge's tenure here at Texas. You just haven't seen that trust, whether it's on his side, not trusting the guys to do exactly what he wants or call the place that he wants to call because he knows that they might not have the talent or on the other side, like those guys thinking, man, this guy, is he really as proven as, Or is he going to be as proven as he's supposed to be? Like everybody, Chris Del Conte, everybody has a lot of faith in him. But if you look at his track record, Washington, Southern Cal, can he be the head coach? And you saw a lot of guys, especially in that first year, 2021, quit and not buy in. And now all those guys are gone. you got nothing but guys that buy in, that get it, that get the terminology, that get the philosophy, that understands like what he wants and what he expects. And the rest of this coaching staff expects like he has his guys. They've done a terrific job. I, I can't continue to say this enough in the transfer portal and getting guys from recruitment like. Anthony Hill, that was one of the best performances I've seen the freshman play in this uniform. You, Chip, like you've watched this team or you've watched this university, this football team, play for a long time. I don't think I've ever seen a freshman put on that type of performance in that type of
0: game ever,
1: especially in game two. That's absolutely
0: ridiculous. And, Zay, were you not thinking, oh, my God, he's going to get a flag for getting that sack I'm third down and then going 15 yards over to the Alabama fans to let them hear about it. And Jalen Ford's running after him, <laughs> pulling back and I'm going, "Uh Oh, where's the flag? And he dodged a bullet right there. And Ford said, he told him, dude, I get it. That was a great play, but we got to act like we've done this before. Yeah, we can't put it in jeopardy. But the bottom line is, and Jalen Ford said it, he said that dude plays fast, man. Like he, he makes his decision and he is gone. And that's, he said, that's impressive. He said, I wasn't doing that as a freshman. And that, that's impressive that, you know, he just makes his mind up and he is gone. And, um, you know, I did my top 10 player rankings today over at horns 247.com and I had Quinn Ewers number one and Anthony Hill number two yeah because he was so disruptive in the second half when when they needed it and so many plays on third down I mean both of his sacks were on third down he had another third down stop of Jalen Milro to force a punt and and when you're making the plays at the most critical moments, um, man, that's what it's all about. And the confidence tank of Anthony Hill, uh, took a nice big drink, you know, um, yeah. got, got some, I don't, I don't want to say it's full because that kid has just scratched the surface. I mean, they're kind of using him as a pass rusher right now. David Bend is pretty much the weak side linebacker and Anthony Hill's a pass rusher. Anthony Hill will probably be the weak side linebacker next year and and he'll have a whole new set of tools to to use and and that's what's that's what's exciting. I mean, you see guys like Ethan Burke, the light is on for that oh, dude, man. And he's nasty. He's nasty. And you like that. He said today, my guy is Max Crosby of the oh. Raiders. That's who he. That's who he plays like. That's his comparison.
1: Like that.
0: Yeah, I, I, the
1: Bosa thing. People just say Bosa because he's Caucasian. He has an edge that Crosby has for the Vegas Raiders with all the tattoos and stuff like that. Dude, he for real. He don't play no games like I. And he's tall and has that body type more like him. Yeah, I. I like that a lot. I love that he looks at Max Crosby's game and tries to implement a lot of what he does into his. That's that excites me a lot. That's big time. Right? That's big time. I, I love mean, that
0: dude. I mean, Burke is uh he is. He's a Max Crosby starter kit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, um, you know, Tavandre Sweat and Byron Murphy were doing work too. I mean what, Alabama had nine rushing yards in the second half? Oh, it was basically
1: extinct. They gave up on the, ru- the rushing attack. And I thought it was going to be a long game ship because they were moving the ball on the ground in the first quarter. And I was like, uh-oh. And then the Jade Barrett interception changed everything. It changed everything. It, it, it changed Nick Saban's thought process, Tommy Ree's thought process. Like, uh-oh, okay. Where did Pete Kukowski in this defense, they could say, all right, we know we can make plays if he throws it in the air. Let's just focus on stopping the run, and then we'll focus on the pass later. I trust that secondary enough. Ryan Watts making plays. Jaron Thompson probably the biggest interception of his career. Like those guys really turned it up, and yeah, they had a couple of big plays. One that when Jamil Milrow threw uh, overthrew McCullin, and Dave Bender got beat. That was whew, that was a wiped the sweat off the unibrow situation there, but. Besides that, the secondary, they were on point. And, yeah, man, you go back to Anthony Hill and what he did. Like, that freshman, even though he's mostly a pass rusher, Pete Likowski and Stark, they do a good job not overwhelming him with responsibility. You saw on the other side with the Crimson Tide, Proctor, the left tackle, looked a little overwhelmed. Caleb Downs, the safety, looked a little overwhelmed. They attacked them. A lot Anthony Hill beat Proctor multiple times for sacks and you know tackles for losses and so was Ethan Burt and on the other side they were going at downs most of the touchdowns in the air were a big part of his fault from him just straight up getting beat by Xavier Worthy to him coming up too high on a little play action you talk about that uh, nine yard slant to Adonai Mitchell like he bit on that. And then he bit coming up early on AD Mitchell's 39 yard pass, the long one. He came up too much to take Jordan Weddington, who was going across the field instead of taking his responsibility and staying back to help Adonai Mitchell. So Sark, man, he was in his bag. Like, hey, I get it. Those freshmen, they're going to be good very soon but are they good in the second game of the season with what Nick Saban, which has a very complex offense and defense, is he throwing too much at them? We going to see. And they took advantage of all of those mismatches all night long. It was a beauty to watch.
0: Yeah, it, it really was. And, and I think, you know, it was, it was interesting to kind of zero in on Quinn Ewers for a minute. Um, we just saw emotion from him we have not seen. And whether it was the the emotion after those deep ball touchdowns, the emotion after the game where he's going up to teammates and to fans saying, it's time, it was a Quinn Ewers we just haven't seen. And I think a lot of people looked in, at him and said, okay, there he is. There's the fire that that's in there because last year at times it looked like things were too big for him. And he was kind of, you know, taking it all in, getting quiet. He also said that having AJ Milwe, the quarterbacks coach on the sideline this year is making a big difference because Sark is so busy with the head coaching duties, but Quinn needs to be able to to talk about stuff and he likes having Milwee uh, on the sideline with him instead of up in the booth and and so yours is you know getting a lot more feedback a lot more interaction uh, feels like he's got a guy who can help him you know break things down uh, right there with him and and so that's making a big difference but you know, I think Quinn Ewers showed himself something Saturday night that he, you know, he knows he can do. He knew he could do it, but now he's done it. And he's done it on the biggest stage, and he's won over the confidence, not not only of the fans, but of his teammates. And there were times last year, we saw it, where Xavier Worthy would look exasperated if a ball wasn't right on him. and And now you know, Worthy's saying, Hey, this dude. I trust him. I trust him. And there's just a, a different vibe about Quinn yours. It's not just the haircut. It's not just the weight loss and dropping Chick-fil-A for salmon and talking about John Wick. <laughs> this is a dude who can hunt, you know, he likes to hunt and he was hunting. He was hunting Saturday night and And let's see if he can keep hunting because that's the, that's the guy that can get to New York. That's the guy that can get to New York in December before that game. We didn't know. Yeah. We didn't know. We didn't know if he had what it took on that big stage. You just beat a team that's played, you know, has won six national championships in the last 12 years and played for three others, that team, that program, Their culture is the national championship. Now, you just took them down in their own place, record setting. They hadn't lost at home, you know, in 21 games. They hadn't lost at home at night since 2015. They hadn't lost. Nick Saban hadn't lost a non-conference game by 10 since he was at LSU. So Texas now has the belief now they got to take that what they just did this precious win that can catapult them because what you're number four you're in the playoff you're in so you got to maintain you got to you got to hold on to that thing like it's a willy wonka golden ticket and make sure that nobody takes it out of your hands because right now You're in position, you're in the pole position to get where you want to go.
1: Yeah, and this is when you start beating the brakes off teams. Like, don't leave any doubt. Don't even mess around. I said it earlier, BK, do not play with your food. You know, all the leadership that you have, like, don't play with it. You can't. You can't afford to. This is exactly what you want. You wanted to beat Alabama and put yourself in a position to win a national championship. Well, here we are. We're back, you know. Oh, don't want to say those words. Got to be careful by saying we're back. But you're slowly creeping back. You're back to work. Thank you. You're back to work. This is
0: back
1: to work. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Quinn, he he dodged that. He dodged that. When Holly Rowe tried to trap his ass, he maneuvered his way through that thing, slittered his way through it. And he said all the right things. And, yeah, it's just Quinn, Yours. Year two here at Texas, the maturity, you know, you're right. It's not just the hair. It's not just the weight loss. Like, it's the work that he put in in the offseason. You know, when you got Arch Manning coming into town and you hear the hype of Malik Murphy, like, he hears that. And, yeah, you want University of Texas to always be good. And, you know, God forbid if he were to go down, obviously he wants those guys to do well and help the team win. But everybody's still competing for spots. And those guys – they're coming to Texas to take your spot. A lot of fans want them to take your spot. So, to shut them up, you got to get back in the lab. You got to get back to watching film. You and AJ, uh, AJ Milwee have to be on the same page and in the offseason doing things that you probably haven't ever done before. And I think he's done those things. Like Chip, he went 24 for 38, 49 you know, yards, three touchdowns. There were three huge drops in the game where those stats could have been way bigger. From Xavier Worthy on that third down, one of the first drives of the game on the out route, <laughs> bobble the hands, incomplete. Jonathan Brooks, Kool Aid McKinstry creeping in. He heard those pitter patter footsteps in the background. Jonathan Brooks, we got to get those hands together, man. That's two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. I get it. Kool Aid McKinstry, he gonna go first round. He's a big time player. But you got to catch that ball. And then Xavier Worthy, even though he was getting held, which that should have been called, it was right in the breadbasket. That was one of the prettiest passes. And it was an incomplete pass. But what Quinn was doing, all the passes on the money, the pass to Adonai Mitchell on the sideline with Kool-Aid McKinstry all over him. Like Kool-Aid McKinstry can't guard that better. It's just all about ball placement. And he put that thing on the money. And it's like, yo, this Quinn yours, we haven't seen it. We haven't seen We've been waiting for it, though. We've been waiting for it. It's like Sark was in his bag. And Quinn, you saw that. You finally saw what everybody was so hype about with him being one of the greatest recruits in the history of recruits for a quarterback coming out of South Lake Carroll. We finally saw what we've all been waiting for. And that's a big time arm putting it right where it's supposed to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, Daryl G says, I believe Quinn finally proved it to himself. And, and he finally found that, that QB confidence and swagger. And I, I agree once you have success, you you know you can do it. Success breeds success. And and so, Quinn Ewers, I expect that deep ball success rate. Look, they always talk about if you're throwing the ball 20 yards plus, you want a 50% completion rate on those passes. Um, he was three of six on those passes against Alabama and two of them were big time touchdowns. Uh, But you've got, uh, you know, my forte says Whittington dropped one that was right through his hands. You know, that, that pass to him in the end zone on the slant would have been a really tough catch. But if, if he just gets strong hands with that ball, because the Alabama defensive back came in and, and punched it out, um, and then Winnington dropped another pass, and he did catch a couple of balls late that were big. But you're right, there were drops. Uh, Worthy dropped the touchdown pass. It was it was a little outside, but it was in his hands. Um, so there's a lot of improvement that uh, that can happen. Now we got to talk about the injury to C.J. Baxter because. Yeah. If that doesn't sound good, and Sarkisian said that he was at practice today, but very limited. You get carted off the field. That's that's a that's a uh oh moment, and and so yeah, Jonathan Brooks, he's dropped a couple passes each week. Now he had some great heads up play on the fourth down where the snap gets you know. Bumbled back through people's legs. Yeah. He picks it up, runs for the first down. <laughs> I mean, that was heads up and, and, yeah, he scored the touchdown on the, on the five yard run after Jaron Thompson's interception. Um, but Jonathan Brooks has got to be a difference maker and his first impression in a game can't be a dropped pass. And he's got good hands. He's just got to relax and, and get it done. He's probably thinking, man, I got to catch this ball so I can get more reps. You can't think like that. You got to just catch it, make the play, and you'll get more reps. Yeah. You know, I mean, and he's going to carry a big load this week if C.J. Baxter can't do it. And Wyoming's defense is no joke. And this is where it's going to be. Very interesting to to see what Sarkeesian does. Does he just try to light these guys up? I mean, Tech kind of lit them up through the passing game to get up 17-zip. Um, and then they kind of they took the gas off of the passing game and started running their quarterback all the damn time and, and lost the game. And obviously that was on the road. This is going to be a home game for Texas. I don't anticipate. I haven't even looked at the line. Have you seen the line? No, I haven't. Um, but I mean, this is a, this is a game where Texas can make a little bit of a statement about its running game. Um, you know, because the offensive line, man, the offensive line, how about some love for the offensive line after looking shaky against Rice, they, they didn't give up a sack. They ran the clock out the final, you know, seven minutes of the game. Um, I mean, talk about just changing the narrative about the offensive line in one week. And, and so, you know, this is going to be an interesting little test this week for Texas. But man, teams have to respect that, uh, that passing attack, uh, of Texas because it can get you. Um, it's the line is 28 and a half yep i mean i'm i'm tempted to take the cowboys plus 28 and a half but um what do you think say i mean it could easily be
1: a blowout if we saw or if we see this offense do what they did against bama this saturday coming up at dkr you know We're finally starting to see why we were excited in the offseason about all the weapons that Sarks brought in in 2023. And Xavier Worthy, last season, it seemed like it was just him and nobody else. You know, like Jordan Whittenden didn't get the love that he deserved. He didn't get the attention slash – looks that he deserved last season JT Sanders even though he broke records for a tie end at Texas he could have got the ball more and now you're starting to see that ball get spread out more like which is huge like Xavier Worthy was eaten in the first half I like how he was in the backfield. Sark talked about uh, Andy Reid, one of the guys that he loves to watch and steal some game from, which, hey, Andy Reid, two-time Super Bowl champion, like why wouldn't you take game from him, one of the greatest offensive minds in the NFL? So you saw a lot of stuff like that, a lot of the things that you see in the NFL where guys might be out of position on the roster, but in the game, hey – they're just versatile. Xavier Worthy coming out of the backfield, getting that big time first down on the third down where he broke a tackle, broke the tackle on Arnold and stuff like that's big time stuff. And then when Alabama started paying a lot of attention to number one, that's when you saw Adonai Mitchell, Jordan Winington, and J.T. Sanders really go crazy. Like you can't focus on everyone, which is what we saw when Sark was the corner at Alabama. You couldn't focus on Rugs, Jerry Judy, because they got Devontae. Smith. Smith, who won the freaking Heisman, you know, like I'm not saying the horns have players like that, but it's pretty close. It's pretty close.
0: Well, Sark treats Worthy like Devante. He does. Yeah. I mean, Worthy's been targeted, what, 17 times in the first two games. So, you know, he's, he's the apple of Sark's eye and I get it. He's lightning fast and can get open. And,
1: and he's stronger than what we think. At 170, like him breaking tackles and, you know, laying the boom and he has a solid stiff arm, like yeah. he's, he's really good with the ball in his hands, which, you know, some guys at that stature, even though they're quick and stuff and they could be a little shifty, they're not about, you know, leaving the boom. And Xavier Worthy, he's about that. He's just not. He's not afraid of contact when he has the ball in his hands.
0: He had a higher – blocking grade for the Alabama game than JT Sanders. And it's funny because on that little flip screen, reverse, whatever they did, Sanders had a one-on-one with Terry and Arnold. And if he defeats that, you know, if he gets that block, Worthy's gone. Yeah. And JT, (laughs) JT did not get that block. And And Terry and Arnold got Worthy. And Worthy went up to Sanders after the play and was like, dude, dog. Like, you get that block and I'm gone. Yeah. Sanders like, oh man. Yeah. But JT, we gotta, we gotta get that block, man. We gotta get that block. Because Worthy would have been gone. Yeah, yeah, you're right.
1: And he missed a couple of blocks on Saturday. And he had a couple of good ones, too. There was one, Jonathan yeah. uh, Brooks run uh, to the left side off the pitch. It was the pitch for Jonathan Brooks on the third down where he got the first when it was 7.14 to go. And they iced and held the ball for the rest of the game. Like, he, he nailed that one. But, yeah, that's the biggest, I guess, complaint that you would have with J.T. Sanders. He's a terrific – Catching tight end, great with the ball in his hands, but his blocking still needs some work. And he's gotten a lot better, but we all know when he was coming in, like, you know, we talked to Cade Brewer. Like, that was a huge fault for him. Like, he really struggled when it came to blocking and being a complete tight end. And, again, he will get better, but, yeah, you know, they were attacking Arnold all night. Like, Arnold, he had some good plays, but it was one of those, like, okay, you're having these plays because we're attacking you over here. <laughs> like, you know, go back to Deion Sanders in his playing days. They're like, man, Deion, your stats, you don't have many interceptions. You don't have many deflections. Like, what's up with that? Because they ain't throwing the ball. Deion used to shut down the whole left side like kool McKinstry, even though they did test them at the right time, especially with that, you know, crossing slant route in the end zone where McKinstry and Downs got kind of confused. And then obviously that beautiful ball to uh, Adonai Mitchell on the sideline where Quinn threw it on the money. But other than that, Kool-Aid McKinstry, they weren't testing him. Terry on Arnold, they were testing that brother, the pass interference, the holding, like he was always caught up in something. And that goes to Sark and his play calling and just attacking matchups. They did a, such a good job at that. The best that he's done since he's gotten to Texas of exploiting guys. I already mentioned the freshmen that they exploited. Like they were really going at dudes that they should be going at. And that's what you have to do from week to week. And this, Offense, they finally balled in. Quinn Ewers, he looked finally balled in. Xavier Worthy, the deep ball was on the money. Like, everything came together. And it's just a lot of finally moments in that game on Saturday. Let's see if they can keep it up, though.
0: Okay, one of the funnier moments from today, the player interviews, was Ryan Watts. So, Dez Bryant tweeted out, During the game, number six for Texas is a first-round corner. And so Watts was asked, hey, man, what did you make of uh, Des Bryant tweeting about you, saying you're a first-round corner? And Ryan Watts said, hey, man, that is so cool to have a guy who's played so much football and had so much success say that about you. He said, but I can't let that go to my head. Cause last year in this game, I missed the corner blitz sack on Bryce young. And I had people saying all kinds of mess about me. Yeah. So I'm trying to just stay consistent, stay level headed and just, you know, keep it on the grind. So, I mean, it was just funny to hear him say, "Man, I had people saying all kinds of mess about me last year." Yeah, and and that's hey man, that's that's common sense. That's like grounded. That's the way to approach it. He hasn't forgotten about that play against Alabama and all the noise that he heard. For he still hears about it. I mean, people still say, "Oh man, if Texas would have gotten that corner blitz, it'd be now blah 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 blah." blah. And he's like, I'm not taking the cheese, man. I'm not.
1: Yeah. And he was tough, man. He had that deflection where it could have been an interception if he would have gotten there a smidge earlier. But he I didn't really see him get taken advantage of all game. Oh. You know, like he was solid. And we talked about it, Chip. He's a ch- He's a gamer. I know we've heard all the rumors and he didn't have the best camp and Malik Muhammad was creeping down his back and stuff. Some guys just aren't practice guys. Like you, every coach wants every guy to be a practice guy. That's just not realistic. It's just not Ask Shaquille O'Neal, Ask Allen Iverson. Some guys just aren't practice guys, but when the game, when the lights turn on, you know, they're going to be ready. You know, they're going to be there. And Ryan, you know, he I don't know if he's going to be a first round safety, but with his size being six three, he's definitely going to get a big time chance to play at the next level. It's just about what he does with it. But yeah, I, I thought he was good yesterday. I mean, excuse me, Saturday, you know, Gavin Holmes had a couple of mistakes, but overall, I thought he was solid. And Jaron Thompson talk about bounce back, man, like when he got hit. For that Jermaine Burton touchdown, first thing I thought about was you because you told me, like, Jaron he has his moments, and I know the uh, Caleb Williams play on the fourth down always comes to mind against Oklahoma in 2021 and him not being in the right spot, but it's about what you do on that next play. And that interception to put them up, what, 24-16? That was the game right there. That was that was, that was the game. That was huge. And to take it back and put them on the goal line where Jonathan Brooks ran it in, like that was so deflating for not only the team, but for everybody at Bryant Downey Stadium. Like that was a deflating blow. And you talk about the atmosphere chip. There was a lot of burnt orange in that stadium. I know you saw it. I heard like Every time you heard a horns touchdown, you heard a raw. You didn't hear like a sigh or anything. It was like a raw because Texas fans, they traveled well and they showed out, which was huge. Sark thanked him after the poster, uh, after the game and his press conference, like that was big time having Texas faithful to travel and be at that game. I thought that definitely made a difference. But yeah, Jaron Thompson, he showed me a lot of heart, saying okay. I got to make a play. I just got beat. We're down 15 to 13. I got to make a play for my team to redeem myself. And he did that and then some.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was big. And that was when, that was when, you know, Alabama fans started kind of, oh man, Jalen Milroe. you know? Yeah. And even, even, even uh, Nick Saban said after the game, I thought about it. I thought about <laughs> taking them out, but thats not that when in that when uh, Jalen Milrow answered, so, yeah, that's that's when he like fumbled the
1: ball and dropped it and threw it to Amari yes. Black.
0: So yeah, so he he throws the interception. It leads to the touchdown that puts Texas up twenty seven to sixteen. And then he converts that third and 17. And he hits he hits that
1: Benson. Yeah.
0: yeah. And he hits Amari Dyblack right. with the 39-yard catch-and-run touchdown. And then converts the two-point conversion. Yeah. To make it 27-24. So Nick leaves him in. Now it's a there's 11 minutes left in the game at that point. Texas is up 27-24. And that's where Jalen Ford was saying, man, it felt like we were losing at that point with the way the crowd was just going bananas. And Jalen Ford said he went up to one of his coaches and said, this is what you live for, man. Oh, man. This is what you live for. Let's go do it. And sure enough, sure enough, first it was the offense. The offense had to go. Respond and on that next drive uh, was when you had the the 39 yard uh, touchdown pass to Ad Mitchell that put Texas up 34 24 with 8 23 left and that was that was a seven play 75 yard drive that was big time. Because you look at that drive, Zay, and here's here's what was so impressive about it. You had uh yours hits JT Sanders for five yards. Now there was a holding penalty. Um yeah, Kelvin Banks on the Kelvin screen. Banks. Dream. So yeah. yeah, So then they got first and fifteen. Um Ewers throws incomplete. It's second and fifteen, and that's when he hits Jordan Whittington, and Whittington, you know, turns it into a thirty-one yard gain. It was easily Whittington's best play of the game. Then he hits C.J. Baxter for three yards, and um, and then Baxter runs for seven, and then Baxter ran for nothing. And boom, that's when Quinn hits A.D. Mitchell for that 39-yard touchdown on second and 10. And that was a that was a gutsy call by Sark on second and 10 to go for it all. Because it's a low percentage throw. You you could have been facing third and 10. Um, and instead of Just position yourself to make sure you got a field goal. No. He went for the jugular and yours delivered and A.D. Mitchell brought it in. And that place went quiet. Yeah. Actually, except for the UT band, which was up in the rafters. And the UT band was playing their horns off. I mean, they were just they were nonstop the final eight minutes of that game. And you could hear him. You could hear him. They were getting yeah. after it. Yeah, that was a big time play. And
1: again, the love should go to Sark because I think he understood when Jordan Winson had that 31 yard gain and they hit the middle of the field. Now those safeties are going to come up. So let's send Jordan, Jordan Winnington again through the middle of the field. Caleb Downs, he scoots up way too much. And that's where you had Adonai Mitchell on that go route, which he couldn't have been more open. And Quinn Yours just drops it on the dime. And back to that Jalen Ford comment, that gave me goosebumps, Chip. Like that shows the leadership of him and this team and the confidence that they have because, again, That was a big time play. Like, I'm so glad Amari Nyblack didn't touch the ball more. That dude's a problem. Nick Saban's going to realize that. Like, yo, we got to get 84 the ball. And I was saying it all week watch out for 84. That dude is scary. And the way that. White jerseys were just bouncing off him for that touchdown and how he accelerated. Like they said, he clocked 21 miles per hour at one point during the season for a tight end. That's unheard of. So, yeah, they didn't get the ball to him enough. And thank goodness that they didn't. But, man the fact that they countered that went up by 10 at that point. And then that next possession for Jalen Murrow, that's when you have that Anthony Hill sack. And we already talked about it. That's when he went to the end zone and said, that's my ish, that's my ish. And, you know, shout out to the rest for keeping their flag in their pockets, man. Cause it's a big time game. Don't you're going to be emotional. These guys, as long as it's not taunting, like if he would have stood over Jalen Murrow and did this, then That flag's flying, but he went away from – went to the crowd. And, yeah, like that's just – that's what college football is all about. I'm glad they held that uh, – I'm glad they held that flag. But there's a lot of big-time players making big-time plays. And that was an
0: SEC crew. That was an SEC officiating crew. So, yeah. Yeah, that was – that was very interesting. I'm not sure a Big 12 crew would have kept their flags in their pockets. Yeah, on that. Yeah, yeah that was that was big. Um, and we did have uh, Israel Sacedo said Oscar Giles coming back to Austin. Yeah, Oscar Giles is on that Wyoming staff. Oscar spent all kinds of time in Austin under Mac Brown, under Tom Herman. And uh, is now up there in Laramie, uh, with with Craig Bowles um, coaching on that that defensive staff. So yeah. Oscar Giles coming home, you know. But Zay, I and I, I want to. We'll get to, uh, and we probably should. Let me let me throw in a quick mention here for my man uh, Tom McKay and Auto Audio Visual Consultations, because guess what, kids. ESPN and Spectrum have worked out their differences. So I think you're going to get to see the game this week on Longhorn Network if you've got it, um, is what I'm told. So Spectrum, check your cable. See if if your ESPN is working.
1: Yeah, I got Spectrum. I've had to bootleg some stuff.
0: Okay. Well, (laughs) double check me on this, Zay. I don't want to get – I don't want to get killed, but someone told me down in uh, the press conference that Spectrum and, and uh, ESPN got their their stuff worked out. So now your big screen, you need to make sure you've got the big screen that you really want and, and you can see all the games like you're there. I mean, that's what audiovisual consultation is all about. You don't have to go to a box store and overpay. Tom McKay's is going to beat the price of any television in a box store. You tell him, oh, I saw this 80 inch TV for blah, blah, blah. Best Buy. He'll be like, okay, I'll beat that. Um, and then all you got to do is call 255-8678. Tom and his crew bring everything to you. From the free cons- free consultation to installation, baby. Um, and it's big screen TV, surround sound, um, surveillance Electronic shades, they do it all. Just make one phone call and Tom and his crew will bring everything to you. Just call 512-255-8678. Audiovisual consultations, Um, All right,
1: Chip, we got our text line rocking and rolling. Hit us up at the TSU uh, text line 512-222-9328. Somebody asked Chip, Isaiah Nair, why isn't he getting any touches?
0: Well, um, I will say this is what we were talking about. This is what we were talking about before the season, say, right? How big is Sark's wide receiver rotation going to be? And Sark said four to five, like an NFL rotation. Okay, but well, we know the top three are Worthy, AD Mitchell, and Jordan Whittington. Those boys have not been coming off the field. I haven't <laughs> seen Casey Kane. I haven't seen much of Isaiah Nair. I saw Casey Kane once,
1: and Jontae Cook was on the touchdown to Xavier Worthy because he's throwing right. the hand up.
0: Wow, that's ball right. Jontae Cook was like, Damn. Yeah, <laughs> but not much. Not much. And and so this will be interesting because you would think that Sark will throw him some sugar this week going up against his old team. And so let's watch. Let's watch that. Cause in the Alabama game, you're right. There were like one play here, one play there. You saw some some substitution, but we haven't seen targets for those guys. And and so we'll see, but Isaiah Nair can play. He can play. He had 12 touchdown catches at Wyoming two years ago. So this is a dude who can play. And, you know, it's, it's really about who Sark trusts the most. And Nair, I'm trying to remember, I should look this up before I say anything. Um, but yeah, it's, it's about who Sark trusts the most and we'll see if, uh, if Isaiah Nair gets in this week, because I would expect him to get some sugar for that, you know?
1: Yeah, I do, and you're talking about a guy that's still having to come back from a pretty brutal knee injury, tearing your ACL as a wide receiver that could be very difficult not only physically but mentally and has his mind caught up with his body to where Sartre can trust him and throw him out there a little bit more. I would say right now, even if that's the case, Adonai, Jordan Winnington, Xavier Wordy, they're playing too good to have him on the bench. They just are. And yeah. there's fewer possessions now with the new clock. So, <laughs> like, you, it's even tougher for certain guys to get in. And we know going back to Sarks, Alabama days, where we had all those first-round wideouts, like, they didn't rotate much. So it was just the best ones who played, played. Like, that's it. And, yeah, I wish Isaiah Nehr could get more run, you know, but, hey – you're cooking with something seriously greasy right now. I like cook it with some serious hot grease. Don't muck that up to try to make people happy. You know, like I, I, I get coach talk and I get everybody you want them to get in, but you want them to get in when you're up by 30. You don't want them in, in like crucial situations when you know you got other guys that, as we saw on Saturday, are proven. Like the Jordan Whittenden, proven. Xavier Worthy, proven. AD Mitchell proven, and you got to mix JT Sanders in there too, even though he's a tight end, the way that he catches the ball and his usage like, you got to look at him as a wide receiver. So, he's taking reps away from uh, Isaiah Nayar too, even though he's a tight end and Nayar is a wide receiver. So, yeah, man, it's there's only one ball to go around, and I know everybody touches, but it's going to be tough for Nayar to get on that field with what we saw on Saturday.
0: I just looked it up. We know he had the 14-yard catch on third down from Malik Murphy against Rice, but he did have a drop in that game against Rice. And Steve Sarkeesian, he will tolerate drops from his playmakers, from guys who've made big-time plays. He will not tolerate drops from guys trying to take reps – from his big-time playmakers. So it's almost like Isaiah Nair is going to have to make a couple spectacular plays to to earn that trust back. So it's... uh, And I don't know that that's fair. It puts a lot of pressure on guys, obviously, that when they get in, they better make the most of it. I mean, look at Tariq Milton last year. Tariq Milton made some big-time catches. He made a big-time catch in the Texas Tech game to get them in position to kick the field goal, to send it into overtime. And that guy couldn't buy a rep. He made another catch against Oklahoma state um, that helped extend a drive, but man, he couldn't get reps. And that was a graduate student who had all kinds of experience. So it's uh, it's interesting how you have to break into Steve Sarkeesian's receiver uh, rotation, man. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough.
1: Yeah. I get it. I mean, it's a complex system and there's a lot of things that go on. So you got to find those guys that you can trust and, The three that we got right here, you could trust all those guys, four, including JT Sanders. So, yeah, it's going to be even harder for Isaiah or to get clock out there when the guys in
0: front of them are doing big-time things and making big-time catches. Hey, Zay, our man Jose Gonzalez said, I'm not going to lie, I cried when AD caught that last TD. (laughs) It
1: was sweet, man. It was sweet. And did he say, y'all remember me? Like, he caught it and got up and said, like, you could kind of read his lips. It's a little hard, you know, with the helmet on. He has a visor and stuff. But a lot of people on social media, Twitter and X, whatever, they're saying, he said, y'all remember me? (laughs) To the Alabama fans, like, yo, I used to give y'all work before when I was with the Bulldogs. Y'all probably are glad that I left, but I am back giving y'all even more work with a new team. You remember me. And that dude, man, he's a Houston kid through and through. His swagger is on a million. And everybody, everybody's feeling themselves. Like, how do you feel about the cigar thing? When you saw that, there were smoking cigars after the game. Like, when I think of cigars, Chip, I think of Red back and the Boston Celtics or Michael Jordan when he used to smoke cigars. And those guys won a lot. This team, they won a game. I'm proud of them, but it's just a game. It's not a championship.
0: Yeah, I agree. The cigar thing made me like, let's not get carried away here, kids. That's not that's not going to play well. I mean, the critics are going to just jump all over that. And if Texas trips and falls, that picture is going to come back out. The picture of Quinn with the cigar in his mouth, people will be throwing that up on game day, making all kinds of fun. That, that'll be the Sam Ellinger, Texas is back without saying it, you know, and that, so I, I get it. If, if, if Quinn and Sark want to go smoke a cigar over by the fountain when they get home or, you know, someplace outside the locker room, great. But that one was like, uh Oh, okay. Now you gotta really back it up. You gotta really back it up because you, you cigars are for champions. You know, yeah. I mean that, that Joe Burrow pulled out the cigar after he won the national championship. And I I get it. Burrow made it cool to to have a cigar in your mouth in the locker room and your full pads, but that, that wasn't, there's no banner. Although, okay. Let me ask you this, Zay. Texas is making a t-shirt that says game over 34-24. I'm like, we're doing this for a regular season
1: game? No. See, that's how you know it's been a long time. It's been a long time since we've had a win like this. Like, this should be expected at Texas. You should be expected to win these games. And since they haven't, now Texas fans, they're starting to do some Aggie-like stuff. because This is very Aggie. This is very little brother. Like, you're a top dog. You're a blue blood. You should be right there with Alabama right there of Ohio state, Georgia, Michigan, you know, Southern Cal you're right there with all those as a brand. So yeah, I don't like the shirt. Like it's just a game. You could easily lose three games this year. And what would that mean? And I'm with you. Like the cigar thing, I would be good without it. I really would like, you're right. Joe Burrow made it cool. But that dude had one of the greatest seasons and greatest teams in college football history and a Heisman and went number one in the draft. Like we want to be that.
0: That's cigar worthy.
1: (laughs) That's cigar worthy. You know, and, you know, and start kind of talked about it after the, you know, you you heard them in the post game after the game talking about like, I've been trying to get this confidence out of this team for two years. And now that they have it, I don't want it, I don't want to dumb it down for them. I want them to ride this high. So that's why this week, when you prep for Wyoming, is gonna be huge on the coaching staff and huge on the leaders to let these guys know the Anthony Hills of the world that was doing this my ish, and you know, all these young guys, like, yo, we still got a lot of work to do. We haven't done nothing yet. This is just the game, this is part of the process. So I, I do like the confidence and the swagger that they have to do the cigar thing.
0: Gotta back it up.
1: You gotta back it up. You gotta back it up.
0: And gotta if they don't
1: back it up, it's gonna... <laughs> social media is gonna have an absolute field day because a lot well, of people Social can't media wait. keeps receipts. Oh, man receipts tabs they keep it all you got to be careful so yeah man that's they're playing with fire but also uh, some of them sound like they relish that some of them sound like they they know that okay we're this good and we're gonna show y'all this good we're this good and there's nothing you can do about it
0: it is what it is My forte. How did that tradition start? You win something big and celebrate by putting a putrid, gross, stupid looking. No one looks cool with a cigar in their mouth. Phallic symbol in their mouth. Oh, man. I know my wife is not a fan of the uh, cigar smell that comes back whenever it's on your. Because yeah. you can't that cigar smoke gets in your clothes, gets in your hair. I mean, it's yeah. kind of a mess. But, you know, what can you do? Yeah, I've um, seen some pretty
1: cool photos of athletes and cigars, man, over the years. Yeah. It depends on who you are. It depends. Yeah. Like, obviously, Michael Jordan looks cool if a cigar in his mouth. It's Michael Jordan. <laughs> but, yeah, I-, I could see how some Texas fans, especially some of the old school ones, could be a little, all right, let's relax, fellas. Let's chill.
0: Yeah. 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 Um... Zay, before I hit the chip shot, you want to tell the folks about uh, Covert? Absolutely. Covert B
1: Cave over. 100 years in the greater Austin area for the Covert family. We were up there on Saturday, me and Brad Kellner for the pregame show had a blast. They just treat us with the best hospitality there at Covert B Cave. And they do at all Coverts around the greater Austin area from Covert Bastrop, there's Covert Research, Covert Huddle. Check them all out. Seven brands at Covert B Cave that will have you riding clean. Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, and Jeep. If you want to check it out online, go to covertbk.com. Oh, Casey Studdard will actually be at the meet and greet this Friday with Bucky Gobble, Trey Allen, and go. Brad Kellner, the legend. Dairy lineman, national champion, Casey Sutherland, my guy. Love that dude. He's helped me a lot in this business, and he's just a great person who loves his Texas longhorns. So if you want to meet Casey, go out there on Friday when around 10 or so. We'll get more details as the week goes on. But Covert BK, if they're doing it big there, we're glad to be a part of the family here at Texas Sports unfiltered and yeah covert b cave they hold it down for all the high luxury quality vehicles
0: love it love it well i uh i was cracking up today uh because for the chip shot uh ethan burke and i and he he he's he's just got a different vibe man he's uh We talked about how he he likes Max Crosby and he looks like a Max Crosby starter kit. But, man, this dude was a big-time lacrosse player, big time. I mean, he was recruited by Maryland, all the top lacrosse uh, schools. And I think he was committed to Maryland at one point for lacrosse. And then as his senior season kept going at Westlake and he was coached, on the defensive line at Westlake by Brian Vosick, who played football at Texas and is the father of Colton Vosick. Um, Colton Vosick, who Christian Jones called baby Bosa. We're going to call Ethan Burke, uh, Max Crosby light. Yes, sir. But he, he was not into football. He said, because his mom didn't want him to play football. So he wasn't thinking seriously about football, for college. And then, you know, he's just killing it his senior year and Michigan comes in and, and I said, okay, well, what, what caused you to cross over finally from lacrosse to football? And he's like, man, I just liked messing people up. (laughs) He's like, I just liked how physical it was. And he's like, I like lacrosse. It's physical, but it's not like football. And, man, that's what this, that's what you need. And here's the thing about Ethan Burke: He's got an 83-inch wingspan. Damn. 83-inch wingspan. That means he's got like thirty. Yeah, he's got 36-inch-plus arms. NFL's going to eat him up. And he he's strong. Like he sets the edge in the run game. And that's if there was a knock on Ov Gofu a year ago, it's that he would lose his gap and people would go right inside of him. Quarterbacks, running backs, he'd get too wide. And Ethan Burke is strong enough to push you straight back and be able to control his gap to the inside and throw a guy to make a play to the outside. And we saw him do that on that sack that he had against Jalen Milroe where he's pushing his guy back. And then Milroe steps up and Burke throws his guy and just grabs Milrow and drops him for a seven yard sack. This guy is, he is getting so much better from week to week. And Texas got in on him late mm-hmm. Late, he said today that A.J. Milwee called him the day before signing day and offered him. And he flipped on signing day from Michigan to Texas. And I was like, how many times had you visited Texas? He's like, they weren't really recruiting me. I was like, oh, man, that's amazing. But he wanted to, you know, his his family's here he wanted to get it done here and he was excited i mean he said he said he he stepped out of a class to take the phone call and he had to make a presentation in the class and he's like i got to i got to take this call and he steps out of the class gets offered a scholarship comes back into the class he's all giddy and we said how how the presentation go and he's like i don't think it went very well yeah <laughs> But man, what a, what a kid. He's a super talented guy, super chill. And so his teammates love him because he just is head down. And Christian Jones said, I said, what's the biggest difference between last year when he was a freshman and this year? And he said, belief, he said, last year I'd line up against him and he didn't believe he was going to win the rep this year. He believes he's going to win the rep and he's a handful. So Ethan Burke, baby, he's just getting started. He had a big game, you know, a sack, two tackles for loss. He's had a sack in each game so far. I mean, he's the he's the leader. Um, so watch out because that dude's wingspan, he's putting it together, Zay. Yeah, and I bet Ethan probably got a
1: 100 in that class because it's Westlake, you know, they care about football more and they care about the classes. So what are you going to do, fail the kids? so maybe he doesn't play? No, man, they definitely <laughs> passed him. It's Westlake football, and that might be my booiness coming out for the Westlake hatred. But, yeah, Ethan, you know, going back to his Westlake days, the big game, he ain't afraid of it. When you play at Jerry World multiple times, Chip, Stuff like this, you're not phased like other guys. You, Caden Proctor, he played at Little Old Iowa. That's where he's from. The offensive right. tackle for uh, Alabama, the freshman right. five-star. Like again, big time, big time five-star recruit. Got the start over 370 pounds, six foot seven. He has all the intangibles. There'll be a first round pick. But he came from Iowa, not Florida, not Cali, not Texas. Iowa, so the competition, a little bit different Ethan Burke the competition's different but it's texas football it's everything and he won on the highest level of 6a so yeah the moment wasn't too big for him and he put in a lot of work in the off season his body looks different from his freshman year to his sophomore year and yeah that dude like christian jones says has all the confidence in the world at this point point. and yeah he probably could dunk me i wouldn't get under the rim i'd let him go Straight up hung low. Like, I'm like that's one of those guys who just let him go to the rim, one of those Olay plays. No. Like, hung they do. low, hung Low's low. Saying,
0: he's saying you can dunk on Burke.
1: Mm-mm. No, 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 no. Burke. Yeah, I can barely touch the net now. Absolutely not. That dude, he Burke. will block my shot in the stands,
0: but Burke is yeah. six foot seven now. Like he's yeah. listed at six six, but he said today he's six foot seven. And yeah. Someone someone said, you think you're done growing? He's like, I hope so. Yeah. You don't yeah, want get- to
1: be too big. You still, especially as an edge rusher, like, You want to still be able to get that bend on some of those, you know, tackles, especially the bigger ones. But, yeah, I love the Max Crosby comparison. I love that he looks up to him and watches that guy. One thing that separates Max Crosby, yeah, he's a great, you know, end in the National Football League. But he's also an a-hole. Like, you and I both watched that Netflix documentary of quarterback. Like, the way he was treating Patrick Mahomes, he is an a-hole. And that nasty, you got to have that. You gotta have yep. that, you know. Casey Stutter's stutter has got that. Casey Stutter definitely has that still to this day. Which Casey, I'm, I, we need to have him on soon because he's one of the few people which I love this, especially with the way he hated on me last week. Him and Griff got into it during one of their practices back in the day. Got into it. I think he snuffed Griff one time and they had to be separated and stuff. Obviously, they're cool now. They won and broke a lot of bread together. But still, like, yeah, Casey stuttered. He don't play. And, you know, back in the day, you kind of felt like they had a lot of private school kids on these Texas teams. Like, man, these kids just don't seem nasty enough. They just don't seem like they want enough. They don't seem angry enough, you know. And this team – they got a few dogs on there that you know. Hey, I wouldn't want to be in the alley with them. <laughs> like they—they they got a couple of those guys, and you need that. It's just too physical of a game to have a lot of nice guys on the team. You know, you kind of need that mixture. You kind of need those dudes to where <laughs> yo, we gotta check on them every weekend because we don't know what they could get into when they're by themselves. Like you gotta kind of have gotta kind of have to have those guys on the squad and. Yeah, Ethan Burke, he
0: might be from Westlake, but he don't play like it. Say so this says, have you bought your Big 12 championship ticket? Oh
1: man, y'all gotta remember, man. Your mock's words, that's that hits hard, man. That's again, you talked about the SEC refs in Alabama. Alabama had 10 penalties. Like, they don't have any bad blood. These big 12 refs, a little different. A little different. So there might be some games where which this team, I think, is too talented to be in certain games with certain teams, but it's college football. You're gonna have your dog fights, you're gonna have your adversity, and I don't want the refs coming into play, which they very well could. We saw it last year. Why wouldn't they do it when everybody's against you on your way out to the SEC? So have I bought my championship ticket yet to Jerry World, Jose? No, I have not. No. And I won't buy it until December when I know it's a for sure thing.
0: Well, before we get to the right call, let me tell you what's going on with uh, with Dr. You and Dr. Greg Eckert Dentistry been providing patients with the best dental care you can possibly find. He's Austin's dentist, general dentistry, advanced dentistry, sports dentistry. Dr. You can do it all. Uh, They give you that smile that's worth smiling about. Great, friendly, uh, puts you at ease, customer service, bedside manner. All you got to do. Is give them a call at 512 345 3166 or check them out online at Dr. Eckert U E C K E R T dot com. Um, and Dr. U's doing some awesome work with Brain Vault as well. Brain Vault, the revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. If you're uh you got a you know you're associated with austin area football you're a coach you're a parent uh, then all you got to do to make your player is as safe as possible is check out brainvault.com and schedule a fitting all right uh zay what do you got today for the right call
1: Yeah, man, for today's right call on a Monday, September 11th, which shout out to all the people who have been affected by September 11th. You know, our hearts are still with you. But it goes to Alabama, Chip, the Crimson Tide. You know, this Alabama team, as much anticipation and hype that this game had coming in, that was a different Bama team that we've seen in recent years. And I don't know with the rest of their schedule, with Jalen Mirro being quarterback, the 10 penalties that we saw, is that going to be an asterisk game for the Longhorns as the season goes on? Meaning, is this Alabama team as good as this win feels for Longhorn country? and the fans, and everybody down there on campus. Like, again, those throws by Jalen Milrow, yes, Jaron Thompson did a great job. Yes, Jade Baron did a great job. Horrible throws. Those were horrible throws. So, <laughs> like, and it's easy to be like, man, these horns, they beat the crap out <laughs> of them. They did their thing. It's very easy to get in, get caught up in all that, but also... Our job is to be objective. That Bama team, the self-inflicted wounds, like it's going to be a brutal practice today for that squad. Brutal practice. You're going to see Saban yelling, guys getting cussed out. Coaches might be getting cussed out. Like it's, it's getting real because Saban expects perfection to a certain extent, and they were everything but that and he might go into this as, yo, we beat ourselves. Like there were two touchdowns that were called back because of penalties. So I, hopefully this Texas team, especially with how cocky and confident they are and the cigars and, you know, everybody, you know, <laughs> Adonai Mitchell dancing on the sideline and stuff when they're playing music and, you Anthony Hill saying, this my stuff, this my stuff, you know, is that for real? Or was this team just one of the worst Bama teams that we've seen in the while that's not that good, that won't play for a New Year's Six Bowl? Like, that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. Obviously, time will tell, but I don't want to get overly hyped about this win, thinking that this team's a national championship team when maybe this Bama team isn't as good as we thought they were.
0: Okay. No, I think that's fair. And I, I thought I – pre- I predicted before the season that Texas would beat Alabama. And I said before last year's game, I said Texas is going to have a better chance to win in Tuscaloosa than they are in Austin because that Alabama team had Bryce Young, Will Anderson – You know, Henry Toa Toa, uh, Jameer Gibbs, they had NFL players all over the place. Brian Branch. Brian Branch. (laughs) And so I thought, it kind of like LSU. I said before the LSU game that Texas was going to have a better chance to win in Baton Rouge in 2020 than they would the 2019 game because Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, all those cats were going to be gone, and – Texas absolutely would have beaten LSU in 2020 in my mind. But anyway, the question is how, how much better will that Alabama team get? Because part of the reason you wanted to play, if you had to play in Tuscaloosa, you wanted to play him early because, you know, we talked about this on Friday, Zay, that you had to, you had to make, you had to hit Jalen Milrow early in the game, make him pause, turn him over, make him doubt for a second. And and you're right. Those were two horrible turnovers. I did like the way he he answered with that drive when he converted third and 17 and, and hit, um, you know, uh, Nye Black for that touchdown. Uh, but then the Texas defense did its thing, and then the Texas offense did its thing. And we'll see. You're right. Caden Proctor looks slow and Texas had jet Bush running on him and drawn a holding penalty. And Anthony Hill was way too fast for Caden Proctor. So that, that was interesting. Texas used speed uh, against him and, and made him look bad. And how much better will he get? How much better will the Alabama defense get? And so, We'll see where they finish their season. I, I agree that that wasn't the same caliber of Alabama team that Texas faced last year in Austin. But that atmosphere and the the execution that Texas showed in that atmosphere was going to be hard for even the last year's Alabama team, maybe. I mean, I don't know. Bryce Young's pretty damn good. So yeah. I'll be I'll be careful what I'm saying there, but listen, you can't, you got to play the teams on your schedule and everybody's talking about Texas, giving them credit for that win. And they're not using the B word to talk about Texas being, you know, they're talking about being back to work or validation or some other synonym for the word that Sam Ellinger used um, because it's, it just has become a punchline and people are, they don't want to, they, they want to prove it. And so that's going to be, it's going to be interesting to watch the dynamic of this team, the chemistry of this team and can they hold each other accountable and can they police each other's mindset enough through this season to where they don't, they don't slip and fall like TCU held it together. They didn't win the big 12 championship, but they held it together enough to get to the national championship game because they believed. And then they, they built on each win. They didn't feel like they'd arrived. And that's where this Texas team has to go. They gotta, they gotta build and be dirty and grind. And, and these young players got to keep coming and, you know, let's see. Let's see, right now they're plus five in turnover margin. I mean, that's off to a great start. And the teams that win big usually win big in the turnover margin and are punishing other teams' mistakes. And, what, Texas turned those two turnovers into 10 points, and that's that's a difference in the game, 34-24. Yeah. So.
1: yeah, not too many teams go to the Brian Downey Stadium with Nick Saban on the sideline and beat him by double digits. Very impressive. And I'm just trying to be as objective as I can. It's easy to drink the Kool-Aid and get drunk from it. Somebody on the TSU text line said I'm being pessimistic as bleep. You know, I get it, but come on. I know they're not as good as they usually are, but it's still Bama. I get it. I know who's over there on that sideline. I know where they were. It's definitely still Bama. But you have to understand, Nick Saban has had a starting NFL quarterback the last four years. This year, going into Middle Tennessee on the depth chart, it said Jalen Milrow or. Ty Simpson or or Ty Buckner. So that scares me a little bit. Like, they have issues. They have issues that they haven't had in a very long time. And, yes, they are a really good team. And you're right, Chip. Time will tell how they will look as the season goes on. But, yo, Jalen Milrow, you on the hot seat, brother. You are. You heard Nick Saban after the game. Was thinking about it during the game of taking you out. We talked about it last week, Buckner and Simpson. They were going to have that helmet close to them on the sideline because they know how their coach is. And if he's not feeling what's going on offensively and it's the quarterback's fault, he is not going to be in any hesitation to get that guy out of there to put someone new in. So, yeah, man, like – I love what the Horns did. They brought a new attitude. They brought a new vibe. They played their ass off. Sark was in his bag. Quinn was in his bag. Pete was in his bag. The defense was ferocious. They weren't mm-hmm. scared. All those things are good, and that gives you a lot of optimism for the rest of the season, but I... You don't see Bama having double-digit penalties often. Yes, it happened last year at DKR with 15, and they still won that game. But you just don't see it happening very often, plus the turnovers from their quarterback, like those horrible throws. Like, you just don't see that from them. So Texas took advantage. A lot of those penalties were because Texas was put in great position to get some crazy yardage, maybe touchdowns like the holding calls on Arnold slash pass interference calls on him, Or, you know, you talked about Hayden Connor flexing his hands, getting that offsides call at the end. Like, yeah, they definitely help those guys get those penalties. But just. Let's just stay a little objective and even kill kind of like what Jalen Ford said, like it's starting to become rat poison. It is. It's starting to become rat poison. Now we're in on Monday, Wyoming, they're coming in very confident. We already beat a big 12 team. What would it be like to be the team that just beat Alabama? Like, we know they got guys over there. That's why we got Isaiah they are here, who had 10-plus touchdowns when he was over there at Wyoming. So they've got dudes. You mentioned their quarterback. He's tough. He's tough as hell. He does not go down easily either. So can they keep that same confident mentality coming into this week? I think they do, but this might be – I heard Mike Harge talk about it. I'll hang in with Harge. This is going to be Steve Sarkeesian, one of his hardest – coaching jobs, getting these guys to come back, even kill, stay hungry, stay locked in, and go week to week.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, The quarterback for Wyoming, Andrew Peasley. He is tough. That dude is tough. He got a little Tebow in him. Okay, so Zay – what other games stood out to you, man? I, I'm not gonna lie, the the AM Miami game. I'm like, AM's defense is is a fake. Like <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? You got and I've said this that DJ Durkin is no Mike Elko. That DJ Durkin is a smooth talking, slick recruiting guy who's pl- been at every major program. He he can recruit. He was with Urban at Florida. He he was at Michigan. He's been now he's at AM. But man, I thought AM's defense was. Not good against the Miami Hurricanes, and I I thought A&M was going to win that game, and I just feel like their defense is a fraud. Like, is Tyler Van Dyke that good? They made yep. him look like freaking Joe Burrow. Yo, <laughs> I, I had to
1: double take because it was Miami. I was like, is this Dan Marino out here? Like, come on. 374 I mean, yards, 21 for 35 touchdowns. Yeah, he did whatever he wanted.
0: I was like, I mean, the run defense was good. The pass defense was horrible. Horrible. I thought Connor Wegman, you know, he, he – Looked like the moment got to him a little bit, the two interceptions. Uh, but man, 33 points, that that should have been enough, man. You can't be giving up 48 points. And it was the pass defense. Man, I was wrong about AM unless they fix some stuff in a hurry.
1: Yeah, Jacoby George, wide receiver, he had a muff punt. And it resulted in the points for A&M. And then after that, he started going crazy. He ended up with three touchdowns for 91 yards. And Tyler Van Dyke, he did whatever he wanted out there. So, yeah, A&M, they're going to have to get back to the drawing board because, you know, that Miami team, they're not as good as a lot of the SEC teams that you're going to play. And, yeah, like 33 points. That's solid. Like Bobby Petrino, he did his part, but when you're giving up 48, you're not going to beat many teams. Doesn't matter how much you score. And yeah, Connor Wegman, those were the first interceptions he's ever thrown as a college quarterback. Like he did look like the moment was too big for him with all those weapons that they have, like those turnovers. You can't have them, especially with the defense playing like that. So yeah, I know a lot of Texas fans, they definitely aren't wiping their eyes with tissues over this game, especially with what they did to Alabama. But yeah. I- a and that was shocking because, you know, all the hype that they had coming in this year, all the guys that they had coming back, especially the ones from that ridiculous recruiting class, you would think that, hey, this might be the year that they get to Atlanta and play for SEC championship. But if they keep giving up points like this, then huh, they might barely get to a bowl game. And it looked a lot like last year and
0: a lot of the mistakes that they had. And what, what was going on with Baylor? I had to head to the stadium. I, when I left, Baylor was up 13, three, they were in control of the game. They had been controlling it, you know, and then, and then like all hell broke loose in the last two minutes of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Just gave up Utah 40. scored twice in the final one minute and 50 seconds to win the game.
1: Yeah, and I know they can't wait to go on the road. I mean, (laughs) like, they have the most home games in the Big 12, and they're 0-2 at, what, McLean Stadium. Like, that's – they're supposed to have some type of home field advantage right there off the 35. I mean, that's why they built that stadium. you got RG3, his statue, like, outside. Like, y'all take a lot of pride in football. This is Texas still. But Dave Aranda, man, like – Utah it's way different than Texas State coming in and beating you so you know there's no moral victories in sports but they did look better than they did the previous Saturday when they gave up 42 points to that school out of San Marcos which barely lost to UTSA that was a good game but yeah that's that week four game man like they're gonna give you their all but after this Wyoming game, you should go up to Waco and handle your business because this Baylor team, it isn't very good. By the way, to my Tebow statement and the Wyoming quarterback, somebody tried to put me on blast and say, come on, Jay, you're comparing them to that dude. I said he has a little bit of Tebow in him, and that's really just toughness. Like yeah. that, that, That's just toughness and him being able to run the football, and he's not going to slide. He's not a slider. He's going to lower his head like Tebow did. He's just a Wyoming quarterback. He ain't going to be up for the and He's not one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Y'all trying to get me, man. I ain't going to let y'all do me like that on our text line. Y'all, y'all ain't going to do me like that. No, sir. I'll clarify what I'm saying. Shoot, man.
0: Hey, no play I'll tell game. you what we talked about. We talked about tech just coughing up a hairball against Oregon. They were up 28-17 in that game. And, um, you know, they're driving, they just need a field goal. They're, they're, uh, they're down 31 30. Um, And then, you know, Tyler Shuck uh, gets hit, coughs up the football, Oregon ends up winning that thing 38 30. Um, But I'll tell you who looked good. Say was Kansas state. Mm. K state, Troy, Troy was a, they won double digit games last year. They had a veteran team that their running back, Kamani Vidal is the truth. And K-State held him to 83 yards on 17 carries. They held Troy to 70 yards rushing. Um they, I mean, K-State throttled them. They were up 21-10 at halftime, 28-10 after the third quarter, won it 42 to 13. I was, I was kind of watching that game to see if Troy could hang around. And man. Will Howard was on point. Treshawn Ward looks like he can, he can carry it a little bit. And Phillip Brooks, their wide receiver, and Jaden Jackson um, both had big, long touchdown catches. So I think K-State's your second best team in this league.
1: Yeah, I agree. And that's kind of the feeling that we all had coming into this season for the Big 12. You saw them win the Big 12 last year. And hey, who knows what their season would have been like in 2022 if they would have played Will Howard over A.J. Martinez for majority of the season. I know they were trying to save him as a red shirt and stuff, but Will Howard's the real deal. He is. And Chris Kleiman and Colin Klein, they have really good chemistry together knowing what he could do. Well, he's faster than what you think. I know you remember that touchdown that he had a couple of years ago at DKR where he took it to the house. So he always, you know, could get out of situations in the pocket and, you know, make the defense really deflate with those third and 10 first down games using his legs and also his arms. So yeah, man, you know, you thought Deuce Vaughn leaving the team would put a little burden on them. Who knows what they could have been. But like you said, to Shard Ward, he seems like that dude getting, is a solid running back too. And Jaden Jackson and Phillip Brooks, those guys could both really go at the wide receiver position. So yeah, I agree Kansas State, they're definitely that team that's going to give Texas a run for their money. That game at DKR is going to be a huge one. But, yeah, we'll see how the rest of the season plays out. There's a lot of college football to be played.
0: Well, Central Florida, their quarterback, John Rice Plumley played like garbage, had two interceptions, but their kicker was money. That dude kicked uh, a, the game-winning field goal with 40 seconds left at Boise State. Um, and central Florida won 18 to 16. And how about Kansas just running past Illinois? I mean, Kansas looked like they were on fast, like fast forward and Illinois looked like they were in cement and Kansas. They dominated Illinois and, and then, um, My Mustangs hung around Oklahoma for a minute. And how about Cincinnati beating Pittsburgh? I thought Cincinnati was going to be one of the worst teams in the league, and they're 2-0. Yo,
1: that Ohio area, the guys that don't go to Ohio State, a lot of them go to Cincinnati. Like, if you just recruit in that state, they love their football there. That's where the Pro Football Hall of Fame is. And Canton, like, you can find dudes. You can find talent in that area, and now that they're going to the Big 12 playing a little bit more, you know, big-time, primetime football, I think they could surprise a lot of teams. Like, this is the same school that Sauce Gardner went to, Desmond Ritter. Like, they got guys there. They just aren't household names just yet. So, Well, I'll tell we- you
0: what that game does. That game puts all kinds of pressure on Neil Brown in West Virginia to beat Pitt. They're playing them at home. It's the 630 game on ABC this week. And Neil Brown has got to beat Pitt this week because it sounds like his his uh his asbestos underwear are starting to get hit. <laughs> Yeah, he's been on the hot seat for a while now
1: and this is a rival game, you know. You gotta win the rival game. So yeah, that's we'll see. We'll see. I mean, Neil, I think his time is starting to really run out, but he's trying to hold on the best he can. And if he could upset a few teams, not only this weekend against Pitt, but also in the big twelve, then Maybe hey. he can last another year, but I think it's just a matter of time before he has another non bowl season. And this is it for Neil Brown.
0: Hey, before we, uh, we wrap it up here, I got to ask you, are the Cowboys that good? Are the G men that bad? Cause the Cowboys defense was ridiculous, but man, Saquon Barkley's coughing it up. Daniel Jones looked lost. If the Cowboys defense is that good, and obviously Mike McCarthy playing, you know, play calling and Dak looked comfortable and Tony Pollard's running up. I mean, they own the Giants. I don't know what's going on. They own New York. They own MetLife Stadium. That was unbelievable. It was 16-0 before I could even sit down.
1: Yeah, when you get just 40 bald donut. That's embarrassing. Like this is the NFL. There's more parody than that. You should not get
0: blown out like that. I don't care how good to nothing the, in the NFL is like 69 or 70 to nothing in college football.
1: It's wild. It's absolutely insane. And that defense, man, bringing over Stefan Gilmore, who had an interception last night, they're for real. Like, Trayvon Diggs, he looks more free. I think he knows that, yo, I got somebody on that other side that's a real dude. And right now, they look like the best corner tandem in the league. And Trayvon Diggs was making plays out out there you talk about saquon barkley coughing it up like he barely had the ball in his hand and then here comes trayvon diggs with a haymaker and that gets blown up and you see the pick six and then trayvon diggs had a strip you know peanut tillman type play later on they had seven sacks michael parsons wants to be defensive player of the year and michael parsons said this in the offseason he fought out tried to compare this team he said i want to be like ray lewis in 2000 when they weren't allowing more than 10 a game. If we don't allow more than 10 a game, we get the dub. It is what it is. And this defense, they look like they had that mindset last night. Like they were all over the place. Daniel Jones looked rattled and confused. The run game couldn't get going. But a little devil's advocate for you Cowboys fans, they don't got no wide receivers over there from New York. They tr- they're trying to get more guys that are fast and stuff, but as far as route running and technique go, they don't got those guys. Like, there's one thing to be fast, but you have to do something with that speed. You still have to, you know, you still have to be coachable. You still have to, you can't be just loose and raw out there. You still got to be precise and you still got to be sharp. And Brian Dayball's team, they were everything but that last night. So we'll see in week two. You know, you talk about special. From being back tonight, I'll be hyped to watch this Monday Night Football game because that's the Week Two matchup for the Cowboys. This New York Jets team, and we'll see how Aaron Rodgers looks in his debut against the Buffalo Bills. But yeah, like that Cowboys—they're for real. And in the NFC, it's the Eagles at San Francisco. Both of those teams won in Week One, and then it's the Dallas Cowboys and everybody else.
0: So that, that game tonight between the Jets and the Bills. Is your scouting report, Cowboys fans? Because you get Aaron Rodgers and the Jets next Sunday in Jerry World.
1: Man, that's what I'm saying. That's gonna be a movie. Like
0: and I Garrett Aaron Rodgers is gonna be Garrett Wilson is Aaron Rodgers' new Devontae Davis.
1: Yeah, Devo- yeah, Devontae Adams.
0: Or Devontae Adams, sorry.
1: Yeah,
0: they yeah. wear the same number. Yeah. And I, I'm I can't wait to see how that goes tonight.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, like, how quick Aaron Rodgers gets on the same page as these guys. I mean, he asks for a lot, you know, and Aaron Rodgers, he can get very surly and very petty when things don't go wrong. I mean, when things go wrong, excuse me, you heard Randall Cobb talking to guys in hard knocks like, yo, if he don't trust you, you ain't going to see that ball, dog. He ain't throwing interceptions. He ain't messing up his great statistics on interceptions for yo, non-paying attention, ass. Like, that ain't going to happen. If you're not locked in, then Aaron Rodgers, he'll let you know about it, and then he won't throw you the ball. So – How long is it going to take for those guys to be on the same page as him? I think him and Garrett Wilson, they could definitely be the next Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. Like Garrett Wilson, he's one of the best players to come out of this Austin area. What he did in Columbus was incredible. What he did last season being the rookie of the year was absolutely amazing. And he had Mike White, Joe Flacco, and Zach Wilson throwing it to him. So now he has arguably – one of the greatest arms throwing him the ball. I expect Garrett Wilson to do some big time things along with guys like like then McCall Hardman, Randall Cobb. Like, they have a lot of very good talent on that offensive side. Brees Hall, we'll see where he is with his knee and coming back from that ACL injury. But they got Dalvin Cook, so he doesn't have to be great when you got Dalvin Cook on the team. But Buffalo, man, they got everybody healthy on their defense. Josh Allen's pissed off for how he looked last season, being up there with Dak Prescott and in interceptions. Like, they want to get back to winning the East, being in that Super Bowl contention. Tonight's a good Monday night football game.
0: Yeah, this is this should be good. Hey, did you see Kevin Durant hanging out watching Coco Golf win the U.S. Open, becoming the second? No. No. My man Zay did not watch Coco Golf. I watched Coco. You did? I lost.
1: Before I say, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I just,
0: okay, yeah. Man, no, I, I was saying. Coco. Come on now. Yeah. Did you see KD? Yeah, man. Come on. Yeah,
1: Coco has a good audience, man. People love them some Coco and KD. He supports all types of greatness. Him being a great himself, so I wasn't surprised to see him out
0: there. KD, did you you see McConaughey after going to Tuscaloosa? He must have taken his private jet to New York because he was in Novak Djokovic's box yesterday when Djokovic won his twenty-fourth major.
1: Yeah, you can tell McConaughey ain't working because of this strike going on in Hollywood and stuff. So we got time. <laughs> I think he has a little bit more time than he has in a while due to this strike and stuff and probably not working as much. But yeah, talk about a dude that's busy and loves his sports. McConaughey, he's been traveling.
0: I love it. All right, kids. There you have it. We'll be uh we're just getting started, man. We got we got we got so much on the line with this football season now, and we had a couple of texts. I saw them. We had a couple of people saying, "Oh, if, if Texas would have lost, y'all would would be you know wouldn't be saying it wasn't a big game." Hey, listen, they won. They won. Yeah. Let's see what they do with it. Let's uh, let's see what they do with it. We'll we'll be here telling you what's going on. And keeping you informed with the infotainment right here on Chip and Zay. Although tomorrow we will be back to our regularly scheduled programming at one. But thanks for hanging with us today. And uh, Zay? It's been fun, dog. I'll see you tomorrow. Let's do it again tomorrow. All right, everybody. Y'all be cool. Peace.